Mike Zimmer has officially signed a three-year contract extension. I think it's huge for this organization, especially when you bring in uh, 15 draft picks, which is a draft record. Can you win that big game? Of course, he's won a wild card game. He's won a divisional game. He hasn't got to that Super Bowl like um, like Bud Grant has, but at the same time, like he, he's rattling that door. What is going on, Vikings fans? This is episode 53 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Welcome back to the show. And before we introduce our uh, guests on the show today, this is episode number 53, and today's podcast is brought to you by Verizon, the network more people rely on gives you more. Awesome to have Verizon on as a sponsor for this show as we get ready for Verizon Vikings training camp. And with that, I bring in uh, VEN's newest member, Gabe Henderson, joins the show, and as well as producer Jay Nelson, who's here. How you doing, Corso? Pretty good. Well, the the number one story of the offseason that we've been tracking and following, Vikings fans, national fans of the NFL, is when will Mike Zimmer get that contract extension with the team? Last week, it wasn't totally official uh, when we recorded episode number 52, but now we can say that it is official. Mike Zimmer has officially signed a three-year contract extension extended to 2023. It's awesome to have Zimmer entering his seventh season with the Minnesota Vikings. That defense has been great pretty much every year he's been here. So Gabe, I just want to get your initial takeaways of Mike Zimmer being with the Vikings for three more years officially. I think it's huge for this organization, especially when you bring in uh, 15 draft picks, which is a draft record. Having Mike Zimmer back, a guy who's known for developing young guys, is huge. And then just for team morale, like knowing that your coach is going to be back. I think that's just like a, a breath of fresh air, like one less thing you have to worry about. I mean, you don't have to worry about learning a new play, new system. And then you always know about, you know, that that contract year. I mean, a coach going through that his final year of his contract without a deal. We, we all know that's not always the best case. So knowing that he's here for three more years after this year is it's like a breath of fresh air, and I'm excited to have him back. Hired by the Vikings in 2014, pretty much has, has had a top 10 defense every single year since he's been here. Part of 13 playoff teams in his 20-plus years as a coach in the NFL. Nine division titles, and of course won that Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys as a defensive coordinator during the 1995 season. Jay, I mean, he's got to be in the top 10 of NFL coaches heading into this season. Well, that was one of the things that it sounded like uh, some of the, the reports, at least in the media, was some of the sticking points related to the fact that he wanted to be compensated as a top 10 coach in this league. And like you said, given his history, given his record, and, and the fact that for the last chunk of time that he's had here with the Vikings here for these this seventh season now coming up, he's been one of the upper echelon coaches in the league. So Mike Zimmer not only getting the extension, getting the stability not only for himself, but for his coaches and his players to know that when he says something in the locker room, it has teeth, it has longevity. Mike, not only for this team, but also throughout the league is respected and he's earned this right at this point in order to get this extension. So I think between being a, a top tier coach in this league 
and now being the the longer term leader of this team for the next three years, I think Mike Zimmer has has earned this right at this point and has definitely earned this contract. So I'm happy to have him back here for the next three seasons. 57, 38 and one is the record. A 599 winning percentage right there at 600. Um, the third all-time Vikings head coach for wins behind, uh, of course, Denny Green and then Bud Grant. So, I mean, the, the accolades are all there. The one and only thing that Zimmer needs to add um, to his accomplishments are the, is that Super Bowl win as a head coach in the NFL. He's 2-3 and three in the playoffs with the Vikings, and, and that is probably, for any of the naysayers or, or Vikings fans or, who have been tough on him over the years, that's the one area uh, where they need to take that next step. And if he can do that, he'll do something that none of the coaches on the list for the Vikings have been able to do, which is win a Super Bowl. I think we've talked about Did you that. you have to remind fans about that, Jay? No, but the whole point, like for me, I'm looking at this list of all-time greats, right? And you have Bud Grant, Denny Green, Mike Zimmer, Jerry Burns as the top four in all-time wins. If you look at that list right now, Zimmer has 59 wins, 41 losses, and a tie for the exact same amount of games as Jerry Burns having 55 wins and 46. So he's already got four more wins than Jerry Burns had in his entire tenure here with the Vikings. But then you look at Denny Green, he had an additional 70 games on top of him. And you look on top of that at Bud Grant, he had an additional 180 games, which is insane to think about as a coach. So for me, the whole point is that if somebody, if Mike Zimmer can come in here and get something like that, that means that all of these different people for all these years and how many veterans have talked about the fact that the Vikings win one whenever they win one, everybody through all the years, all the decades is going to celebrate. And, and that's all I'm getting at is if Mike Zimmer can make that happen, Mike can run for mayor, he can run for governor, he can do whatever he wants in the state of Minnesota. He'll never have to worry about food or drink for the rest of his life. So that that's what I'm hoping for. I want to see Mike win it. So not only for selfishly as a fan and as an employee, but for himself to have that as, you know, put that on his mantle. For sure. And I think that's, that's like Jay said, that's held over any uh, head coach's head here. Can you win that big game? Of course, he's won a wild card game. He's won a divisional game. He hasn't got to that Super Bowl like um, like Bud Grant has, but at the same time, like he he's rattling that door. So, man, it would be nice seeing seeing Mike Zimmer, you know, walking around not paying for drinks or or eating or having having to pay for food uh, coming up here. I want to talk about the most recent um, Mike Zimmer effect that I can remember. Um, what he brings to this team, and that is what happened in the wild card game against the New Orleans Saints. And we went into that game. Everybody thought the Vikings were going to lose. Every expert out there said the Vikings were going to lose. And the the feeling in the building that week was just like, we're winning this game. And he brought a little twist to the defense, putting Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter on the inside of the defensive line rather than rushing from the outside. And it completely changed the, the entire game. Like, it just... I don't know, Gabe, if you remember watching that being with Washington, but he put the two defensive ends in the middle of the defensive line, something that like most coaches probably wouldn't even think of doing, and it just it, it rattled Drew Brees, and it got us off to a crazy start in that game. I, I think that is just a great example of what Mike Zimmer can bring to this team. For sure, having that uh, variety and having and thinking outside of the box, being willing to make adjustments on the go. I think that's one thing that separates Mike Zimmer 
from a lot of other coaches. And one of the key factors in him getting that extension is the fact that he could think on the go, he win those big games. And of course, we know New Orleans having, they were the, probably the most bragged about team heading into the whole season last year. So being able to make that adjustment, you don't, you don't see that every day. And having your players believe in you and trust in you and basically saying like, hey, look, this is going to work this game. Just trust me. You haven't done this for 16, I guess 15 games last year because they didn't play the, the final, the, the home finale. But, hey, I know you haven't played um, in this position in your entire uh, career here in the NFL, but just trust me on this. We will win this game. And but having that trust with the players and, you know, having that um, likability and being able to think outside of the box, that's huge. And like I said, having him back is just a breath of fresh air. Took a while for the broadcasters to even figure out what was going on <laughs> in that game. And, and I'd also like to note that Mike Zimmer's two – uh, playoff victories have come against the Saints and Drew Brees, uh, which have both been pretty memorable games. Obviously, the Minneapolis miracle being the other one. So, um, a bunch of milestones for Coach Zimmer. He had a thousand yard rusher last year in Dalvin Cook and a thousand yard receiver in Stephon Diggs. And uh, yeah, I mean, he just continued to to have a a effect on both sides of the ball. Um, for the Vikings and a first all pro award for Eric Kendricks at the middle linebacker position. So um, a bunch of accolades and stats there for you for you guys of what happened last year. Um, the accolades continued in this past week. The NFL's top 100 was announced um, over NFL Network the past couple nights um, of this week. And man, there's some there's some cool uh, Vikings and, and guys on this list. The number one was the first time a member of this list, Dalvin Cook, Jay. Yeah, Dalvin Cook being uh, thrown out as number 21 and, and basically leapfrogging a bunch of his peers for the first time on this list. It, it's kind of crazy to me to think that he's been doing what he's been doing for the last four seasons. This is the first time that people put him on the list and they already moved him all the way to 21. That was a pretty cool pretty cool thing for him to to get those kind of accolades from his peers uh delvin is a special talent and that's when you watch the video of everyone describing the amount of linebackers d linemen and safeties who are talking about how difficult he is to defend was, was a huge thing so kudos to delvin for making that giant jump up front uh, of all of his other teammates at this point and i'll be curious to see if he can move further up uh, from 21 given the way this next season's going to go Hey, Jay, you, you emphasize all the way. So I want your take on this. What other guys on this list? Because I don't think you were meaning all the way when it comes to Dalvin, but Eric Kendrick is a guy that I'm saying, like, he's all the way down at 83. So, like, up in, like are any of these picks warranted at all? I think for these guys, it's nice to be – it's kind of like being for the Emmys. It's nice to be nominated. And and I think uh, for a guy like Dalvin to get to 21 and he he jumped over the top of Kendrick's – at 83, Harrison Smith at number 64, Kirk Cousins at number 58, and Daniil Hunter at number 40. All of those guys had incredible seasons last year. So for Delvin then to go head and shoulders above that to number 21, basically almost doubling what Daniil Hunter had got, I think it really showed you how much the rest of the league valued Delvin's work and what he did last season. Yeah, I think a few Vikings on this list are, are a little underrated. I mean, Eric Hendricks, we just talked about all-pro linebacker uh, being recognized for that, and, and it's the first time that he's on this list at number 83. 
Uh, Harrison Smith was 83 last year, which is amazing to me. Now he's 68. At least he's getting a little more recognition being in the league for, what, 13 years by now? And then Kirk Cousins moves up 20 spots from 78 to 58, which is, I think, a pretty fair pretty fair rating. Uh, Daniil Hunter, who is the youngest player, I'm going to keep saying this stat, the youngest player in history, uh, in NFL history, to 50 sacks, uh, he's number 40, and there's like a bunch of pass rushers in front of him. So he was 57 in 2019, and now he's 40, as you said, Jay. So, uh, Gabe, I, who's like the, the one that really sticks out for you that like has some he, – he's got to have some issues, man. Like who's the guy that's like, I need to be moved up higher? Harrison Smith. The guy is a future Hall of Famer. Like he's been an all-pro multiple times. Like he, I mean, he's been a well, pro bowler multiple times. Like he was like, come on, just put some respect on his name, please. Like this guy is, is a baller. And then Eric Kendricks, like 83, like he was a first team all pro this past season. I guess, I don't know. I mean, I don't do all of the, I don't do any of the voting. And I know a lot of this can be subjective, but um, after talking to Eric Kendricks earlier, like he was pretty humble about it, but you can tell just based off his body language that like, all right, like y'all got to be tripping having me at 83, but hey, it's his first time on the list, right? And just that, that's an accomplishment by itself just to have that honor and respect. But uh, th- this list is very, very subjective. I know that is a very opinionated uh, <laughs> response to your question, but uh, Harrison Smith and Eric Kendricks are, two, are the two for me. So you uh, spent some time talking to Eric Kendricks as he got ready for for this crazy training camp and year with the coronavirus going on. So tell us a little bit about uh, that conversation and what you learned from Eric. Um, it was a really good conversation. The um, interview should be posted uh, sometime in the near, I'd say, coming days. It was one of those things where Eric was, you know, he's very humble to be selected in the top 100, but at the same time, I think his ultimate goal is to win that Super Bowl, um, not having as much time to prepare. Of course, preseason games is what I'm talking about preparation-wise. Um, you can tell that is something that when I asked him, it's, it's a concern of his. But I think his biggest thing that he said probably two or three times was, all I can do is control what I can control. I won't give too many more nuggets just to make sure you guys go check it out on the website when it releases. But he, he's very confident and excited coming back this year and being a first-team All-Pro this past year. Awesome. Yeah, we we spoke to uh, Vikings former linebacker coach Adam Zimmer this offseason, and and he described the moment uh, when Kendricks found out that he was an all-pro in the huddle and all the linebackers in that crew were just so excited for him. And and he said it was a moment where, like, people got emotional in in that huddle for the Vikings uh, linebacker unit last year. So that's how much that award means to the Vikings coaching staff and Eric Kendrick's teammates um, for him to finally be recognized. Going down the list for the NFL top 10 of the 100 players, Jay, why don't you run through those? Sure. Uh, we'll start at number 10 with running back Derrick Henry from Tennessee. Everybody saw what he did, especially in the playoffs, which was an incredible run, uh, literally. And so Derrick Henry jumps in at number 10. Number nine was cornerback Stephon Gilmore out of the New England Patriots. Everyone recognized him as basically being what Bill Belichick always wants, which is a shutdown corner. Number eight was wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, who was moved in the offseason to the Arizona Cardinals. 
DeAndre is is known as one of the best, if not the best hands in the league. And so it was great to see him get get to number eight. Number seven, tight end George Kittle from the San Francisco 49ers. Again, another monster of a season. Number six was kind of a, a surprise to me. Running back Christian McCaffrey out of Carolina. I figured he might be a little bit higher just purely because he won a thousand and a thousand last year. Uh, but great for him to, to land at number six. Number five was wide receiver Michael Thomas off of the New Orleans Saints. We all know what he did last year, and and he is an absolute game changer for the New Orleans Saints. Number four, quarterback Patrick Mahomes from Kansas City. This is one people are pointing at this morning, discussing and all the sports talkers saying, you know, if he won the MVP of the Super Bowl and did what he did, got the giant contract, and he's still only number four on this list. It's kind of crazy. Number three, D-tackle Aaron Donald from the L.A. Rams. Again, another absolute game changer that you have to be able to offensively game plan for every single week. Number two, quarterback Russell Wilson from the Seattle Seahawks. Russell's been doing it year in and year out. And the number one player on this list was quarterback Lamar Jackson from the Baltimore Ravens. So, boys, what do you agree with and what don't you agree with in this top 10 list? I guess I just have to start with I am putting Patrick Mahomes number one on every single possible list uh, that recognizes the best players in the NFL. And that's no offense to Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson, but um, he is, if I'm starting a team and I have the number one overall pick, I am going nowhere else other than Patrick Mahomes. So uh, that that's one thing that I'll say. I, I see Michael Thomas at number five, obviously, uh, he's the top wide receiver who had the best, almost one of the best wide receiving years in NFL history, breaking the receptions record. So um, definitely that he deserves to be in that spot. I think George Kittle might be a little high at number seven, to be honest with you. Uh, I'll let Gabe take it from there. <laughs> yeah, uh, George Kittle, it, that is pretty high, especially over like DeAndre Hopkins and Stephon Gilmore. I think, uh, well, I do agree with you. Patrick Mahomes should be top of his list. I think he's the best player in the league. I think Lamar Jackson is the most exciting player in the league to watch. But I think after Pat Mahomes, one through, well, two through six, it's pretty much a toss-up. Like, it's like, what do you prefer from two through six? I mean, Russell Wilson, Aradano, Michael Thomas, Christian McCaffrey, Lamar Jackson, like, you pick your poison after, after Pat Mahomes. So I think the top ten list, I think they probably have more trouble trying to figure out – well, not trouble, but more difficulty trying to figure out who's going to be – how are we going to select this top ten and go from there. But I wasn't too – like Lamar Jackson, he's he's a second or third best player in the league. But Pat Mahomes, for sure. You saw his tweet. <laughs> Jay, any final thoughts? Uh, the crazy thing to me, like you said, uh, I, I too saw George Kittle and kind of raised an eyebrow thinking that he was top 10. But hey, I think tight ends are going to be happy that they got a guy in the top 10 no matter what happens on this one. The other thing that was interesting was that there were only two defensive players in this top 10. So that just kind of shows you even the, on the player side, they're recognizing how much offensive players are changing the game at this point. And, and so kudos to Stefan Gilmore and Aaron Donald for, for making this list at this spot. And, and, and again, I think my guy, I, I love Christian McCaffrey. I I've had been a fan of his watching him at Stanford and everything and just what he did. And even just watching the video last night of, of him being announced that way, you just saw everybody across the league saying what this guy's doing is kind of crazy. So 
uh, you know, great for him that he was the top running back on this list. We will shift gears, and uh, as this is not a normal season in the NFL, we have to cover the coronavirus COVID-19 concerns, the transactions, designations that the NFL has uh, for some of the players who decide to opt out, some of the players who who obviously have the virus. So um, we're going to go through that right now. And, and Gabe is also going to give us some information because he spoke to Peter King of, of NBC Sports about kind of what he's learned uh, being a, a, bi- a big primetime reporter and, and being able to see some of the NFL facilities and how teams are preparing for this. So I'm going to lead it off with some info here. Obviously, players have the decision to opt out of the 2020 NFL season by August 4th. Uh, the Vikings had a player who opted out, and that's new free agent acquisition Michael Pierce, who stands at over 300 pounds and does have a history of asthma in his family. So um, he did have a high-risk sort of situation and medical records that would make him a high-risk opt-out for for what the NFL would designate him as. So a uh, tough blow for the Vikings in the middle of the defense. Looking at what the other designation would be, and this is what a lot of players um, are doing, it's, it's called a voluntary opt-out. And these are players who pretty much just have have made it their their option to opt out of the season and and decide that that it's not for them and and they care about the health of either their family their their children their their significant others. Uh, so it's a voluntary opt out and a high risk opt out are the two designations that players um, are given when they want to sit out the season for health reasons. So. You had the uh, chance to catch up with Peter King and talk to him about uh, his tour of the Vikings facility, Gabe. So tell us a little bit about what you learned from Peter King and uh, what he kind of relayed to you on on how the NFL teams are approaching this this weird sort of season. Peter King, you know, he's like one of the most knowledgeable guys in all of professional media, having over four decades in this business. Um, he, he basically just talked about, you know, just all of the measures that teams are taking to make sure players are safe from the tiers to the tracking devices. And, you know, what are the chances, what will teams do in case somebody, you know, on a team does get COVID and how that all, you know, plays itself out. I mean, Peter was one of those things, was one of those guys that's on the board of saying like, hey, let's, let's get back to football as long as it's safe. And after viewing the Vikings facility and touring, he was like, hey, there's like the Vikings, along with other teams, have a lot of safety precautions in place to make sure um, these players and the staff and everyone, you know, surrounding are, are safe and, and are healthy and can, can make sure that they are uh, able to play come Sunday. I mean, of course, things are, are going to happen. Of course, we hear news every single day, something new every single day. But as of right now, uh, we see all these teams have their IDER, IDER plans uh, approved. Um, heading into the season, and the Vikings are one. They just got theirs approved a couple of days ago. So um, the, the interview with Peter King was was from COVID-19 to return to play, how Dalvin Cook is basically a quarterback's best friend. And this offense will go as far as Kirk Cousins take it, but Kirk Cousins um, will only go as – he's only as good as his running back in Dalvin Cook. So it, it was a very uh, detailed conversation. It's on the website right now in which um, Peter just – offers so much I mean he has so much knowledge so it was great to sit down and talk to him and and learn what teams are doing to make sure um this season is is as good as possible 
Vikings head athletic trainer Eric Sugarman. Uh, there's a video of him taking Peter King on a tour of the TCO Performance Center and showing kind of the all the things that the Vikings athletic training staff and, and coronavirus committee are, are doing to keep the players safe. So definitely check that out if you haven't yet. Um, speaking of Eric Sugarman, he was diagnosed with the coronavirus and um, had a chance to, to just get away from the facility and work from home. Um, that was something that broke national news. And uh, he is definitely healthy. Uh, he's doing well, uh, which will relate to Vikings fans, which is awesome. And and the Vikings can't wait to welcome him back into the building. But um, heading back to those two designations, the voluntary opt-out and the high-risk opt-out, if you choose to not be a part of the season with one of these two designations, you cannot return for the entire 2020-2021 NFL season. That's something that Jay has highlighted on our outline here because obviously when Michael Pierce makes this decision, it's a tough one because He's not able to come back, and, and the Vikings are going to have to fill that void um, in the middle of the defensive line. Looking at the roster, Jay, there have been a few Vikings who have had to go on the reserve slash COVID-19 list um, as they were diagnosed uh, with positive coronavirus tests. So what this means is that they've either been diagnosed as a positive test or that they've been potentially exposed to somebody in their outside life. So part of it is they go on this list and we don't fully know on the medical side what officially happened with them. So they could have been diagnosed or it could be something where a family member or they had some symptoms or something. So this whole list is is going to be updated on a daily basis and there's many reasons for it. But as of now, for those first three days that they've that uh, PR has put out a statement, the names that have been on these lists as far as uh the rookies and the veterans at this point are as follows. So on the 27th on the reserve COVID daily list, you had tackle Blake Brandell out of Oregon state. You had safety, Brian Cole, the second out of Mississippi state. You had offensive lineman, Tyler Higby, and you had wide receiver, Justin Jefferson. So Justin was the big name, uh, especially on that first day. And so it raised a lot of eyebrows for people. But as we learn more about this, we'll have to look long-term what's going to happen with him, whether it was a short-term piece or a long-term piece. On the 28th, the reserved opt-out officially came out for D-tackle Michael Pierce. I heard Michael doing the rounds on some of the national uh, podcasts and radio stations, just explaining his decision and why he did it and the asthma designation that he has and the fact that the team knew about this going into the season. So after all the discussions that they've had, they, they felt like it was the right decision for him to do. Active non-football injury uh, for two different players on the 28th, cornerback Neville Clark and wide receiver Courtney Davis out of Texas A&M. 729, the reserve Covis daily 19 list was defensive end Afadi Adenabo, linebacker Cam Smith, and tackle Oli Udo. So there's some bigger names on this list as far as, as players that we were talking about all offseason that we were looking to have help and contribute given some of the different position battles that are going to be open. So hopefully these guys can make a speedy recovery for not only themselves, but for their families and uh, be able to get back on the field as fast as possible. Yes. Yeah, seven Vikings on the reserve slash COVID-19 list as of seven twenty nine. 
two on the active non-football injury list and one Michael Pierce with the with the opt out. So definitely the coronavirus is is having a, an effect on the Vikings roster. Um, hopefully all these players will stay healthy and and be able to return. Uh, before the NFL season begins, so so that could probably be the one and only positive out of any of this is that they can get healthy and get it out of the way um, before the season starts. So um, keep an eye on that coronavirus list um, on Vikings.com. Yours truly is updating the roster and the coronavirus list at a uh, daily basis level because there always seems to be either a positive test or, or new news on the transaction wire for the Vikings and and certainly a lot of other NFL teams uh, battling this virus. There's been a ton of high-risk and voluntary opt-outs across the league. Most notably, gave a lot of Patriots are deciding that they are not going to play this season, Dante Hightower, the linebacker, was a big name on that list. Yeah, for sure. Dante Hightower, I mean, we saw him all on, um, you know, NFL Network. I mean, with his, you know, decision to opt out, fullback Dan Vitale, running back Brandon Bolden, and offensive lineman Najee Torrin. And uh, I think just from a personal standpoint, I respect these guys for, you know, I don't think fans should blame these guys for actually, you know, opting out. I, I mean, they're, they're taking their, their health and safety, um, you know, very seriously. So I, it's one of those things where, you know, they know their bodies better than anybody else. But this was news, especially with Dante Hightower, as well as, you know, other guys in the league from, from uh, numerous teams that's deciding to opt out this upcoming year. Damian Williams, the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Chung, also the safety for the Patriots, big veteran there. Uh, the Giants, left tackle, Nate Solder. Um, all these players are opting out. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, who's a wide receiver in his first year for the Eagles. Uh, yeah, a bunch of big names that, that have decided that, that it definitely isn't right um, to play this season. A, a very notable player who has a reason, a real, real reason to opt out, that's Offensive lineman Laurent Duvernay-Tardif of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's a medical doctor, and he's decided to take his time and and be on the front lines and take care of coronavirus patients uh, instead of playing the NFL season, which is definitely something that is honorable, uh, more than honorable, probably a hero in his own right. So definitely a, a notable name there. All right, guys, on to some football news for Verizon Vikings 2020 training camp. I'm going to throw a couple zingers at you guys of players that you are looking out for uh, for each of these categories. So the first one is going to be thrown at Gabe, and it is who is going to be the MVP of Vikings training camp? The MVP of Vikings training camp will be Mike Hughes, the guy we aren't talking about a lot with so many question marks heading into um, this offseason with at well at the cornerback position, I think he's going to be the MVP that helps step up. And you know, right now he's penciled in as a starter, but anything can happen. I mean, last year I think it well last year of course he played 14 games, but one of his big things is staying healthy. So if healthy, I think he will be the MVP this year. Jay, I'm going with head coach Mike Zimmer. Main reason why is because they have to get all of these guys up to speed in essentially a six week period. And the very first game they're going to play is live bullets for, for week one of the season. So 
for me, it's got to be on the head coach and the coaching staff to make sure that these guys are minding their P's and Q's and everything that they did in the classroom for all of the offseason will actually translate during a very small amount of time before they have to get on the field and start playing some absolute killers at quarterback and some some absolute killers on, on the defense. So it's going to be it's going to take everybody from the top down to make this thing happen. For me, my MVP is going to be the running back number 33, Dalvin Cook, because he is there at the Vikings TCO Performance Center. Uh, the contract talks and, and rumors and, and holdouts and, and all that, that is not uh, something that seems to be at all of an issue as he is checked into Verizon Vikings training camp. So um, I think, as as you said before, Gabe, as he goes – this Vikings offense goes, and and he's going to be one that's fun to watch uh, at training camp. Next, this is a little different. It's going to be who is the player that fans are not thinking about that you are thinking about, Gabe? I'm thinking about B.C. Johnson. We, we've talked about guys who, you know, all these rookies, Justin Jefferson, will, you know, make an immediate impact. We, we Sajay Strope, you briefly talked about him, but B.C. Johnson is one of those guys that, made some big plays last year 31 catches 294 yards three touchdowns like that I mean when his number was called he made plays of course he got a majority of his playing time when Adam Thielen went down but when he got his number called he did what exactly what he's supposed to do so I think he's going to have a lot of um not not just knowledge but just game experience coming in and that's you know uh, that's a step above a lot of other guys who aren't adjusted to the NFL speed yet. And granted, we don't have a preseason. So I think the coaches will expect a lot from a guy like BC Johnson, who's actually seeing some gameplay action. So uh, I think we, we should, we will hear his name a lot this upcoming season. Gabe goes wide receiver. Where will Jay go? I'm actually going to go to a, a hot button uh, position group right now, which is the de- defensive line. And I'm going to look at a couple of guys like Armin Watts, who had a really strong start of the season last year and got injured. And then I'm also going to start pointing fingers at guys like Jaleel Johnson and Shamar Stefan in that they're going to have to step in now and take a bigger role than they had last year. I know those guys had had played more often and had done a good job, but they're going to now be looked at as the guys to fill in here. And and who knows what's going to happen with some of those rookies coming in, but those veterans on the defensive line are definitely going to get some more run given Michael Pierce having to opt out for, for his medical reasons. So those guys are going to be the guys I'm going to be watching just to see what happens in Mike Zimmer's defense when he heavily relies on those D tackles to, to do what they do. My player is going to be Chris Boyd, the cornerback, uh, for the Vikings, he led the Vikings special teams in tackles last year, really made his his way into the league on special teams, but started to be thrown into that cornerback position. And, and I always bring up this week 17 game that meant absolutely nothing to the Vikings as they already had their playoff uh, seed set at home at U.S. Bank Stadium. And Chris Boyd played Probably one of the best games I've seen a young cornerback play, rookie cornerback in a, in a long time. Heading into his second year, we know the Vikings do not have Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes this year, so it will be a guy like Chris Boyd who will have to step up and, and be a, a big part of this Vikings defense. So watch out for uh, Chris Boyd heading into year two. The next question is going to be who is the X-Factor for the Vikings heading into training camp, Gabe? 
Oh, it's got to be Kirk Cousins, right? I mean, just coming off, I think the obvious answer is Kirk Cousins. But if I'm not being too obvious, I think it's Anthony Barr. You know, the pressure is not going to be on his shoulders anymore to just, you know, play like a maniac. So now he can actually be seen because everybody won't be looking at him. So it'll be, I think he'll be the most valuable player on this Vikings defense. And then, of course, defense wins championships. And, of course, Kirk, Kirk Cousins has to, you know, win those games for the defense to actually um, be able to do what they're supposed to do. I'll do the same thing with you. I'll go one offense, one defense. I, too, just like everybody else, is going to point at Kirk Cousins in order to to keep it going. And his leadership and, and the poise and another year in a system with the same style of offense but a different offensive coordinator in Gary Kubiak – Hopefully Kirk will be able to just pick up where he left off and just keep running further than he did last season. On the defensive side, for me, it's going to be another guy that was in that top 100 list. And for me, it's Harrison Smith. He has to be the linchpin on the back end of that defense because with all the new guys coming in the secondary and guys like Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith, they're going to have to be the leaders back there and make sure people are going to be in position and doing what they need to do. So a guy like Harrison Smith for me is going to be even more critical this season to be a general at the far back end, helping make sure that everyone on the secondary is getting up to speed on what they're supposed to do. I like the X factor offense and defense. So I'm going to do the same exact thing as well. Um, my guy on offense is none other than Irv Smith jr. Because I think without uh, that, established second wide receiver. Obviously, you have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, but uh, you could say other than them, the the other guys are going to be battling it out for the third spot. I think Irv Smith can be that third spot because I see Gary Kubiak going with a lot of two tight end sets with Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith out there, and and that's something that we continue to hear from Gary Kubiak throughout the offseason, that he's throwing a little more here, a little more there. At Irv Smith. So uh, Irv Smith has the ability to be a superstar in this league. A lot of people forget he's only like 21 years old still. So uh, I see a lot of things uh, in the future for Irv Smith Jr. in this Vikings offense. And on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to say a name that a lot of people probably aren't thinking about. And that's that's what I think of as an X factor. I'm going with a Fadi Odenabo who will be probably the starting uh, right right defensive end for the Minnesota Vikings. Everyone knows about Daniil Hunter. A lot of people forget about Afadio Denebo having six sacks last year. Uh, I see him taking a huge step, and we all know he likes to take out his uh, his sword after he has that sack. So that's his celebration. I, I see a lot of uh, swords going into the turf this year. Um, as a body, Odenabo has a few sacks. So um, those are my two X factors because I like to think of guys who like people aren't totally thinking about, but they have really big uh, chances to have a big impact on both sides of the ball. So um, the last question for you guys, and uh, let's go to Jay first on this one. Who is a rookie to watch in Verizon Vikings training camp? I mean, you could say Justin Jefferson, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna go with a few options here. For me, it's going to be a guy that got a lot of hype, especially after the draft. And I think the reason why is because of what people are angling for his future to be. But I want to see a guy like DJ Wonham be able to step up in training camp and see what he can do. Because 
if you remember in those first years with Daniil Hunter, you would see little flashes during, especially during the preseason games, which we aren't going to get this year. But you started to hear rumblings of of this kid who had the length, but he needed to have you know some work with some coaches. And eventually, the following season, fans were upset when they heard that Jared Allen was leaving. And I remember talking to some people, just saying okay, there's this other guy who's coming up and you heard his name a little bit and they're like, yeah, but it's Jared Allen. And I'm like, they had to make a decision. Were they going to keep Jared's larger contract or were they going to move on to the next thing and go after this kid named Daniil Hunter? And we've all seen how that's played out. So for me, a guy like DJ Wonham getting some of the accolades and some of the the, the eyeballs saying this could be the next Daniil Hunter, that's a guy for me that I want to see how he does not only in camp, but into the season and see his progression this season. So I'm excited for DJ Wonham. I'm looking at a guy uh, from Boise State, Ezra Cleveland. Um, you you know he's he's fit for this offense. He ran the outside zone scheme at Boise State. Of course, Alexander Madison was his running back. And with you know all the uncertainty at offensive line, there's a, a legit chance that he gets some meaningful playing time this year. I had a chance to talk to Matthew Collar, and I was reading one of his like publications um, on the Purple Insider, and he was basically saying like, there's almost 12 different variations of offensive line this year heading to training camp. And while that, you know, that can raise some eyebrows, I think that the biggest thing is that, hey, we have depth at O-line. And having that young talent right there, maybe if he's at left tackle, left guard, I think that could possibly um, be a way for him to get some immediate playing time with all the uncertainties and question marks surrounding just the entire offensive line position. So he's a guy I got my eye on. You don't draft a guy in the second round if you don't have some faith in him. Um, I'm not going to say that he's going to play week one, but at the same time, I think there are some high expectations for him coming, coming in here. I'm not going to go with the, one of the top picks. I'm going to go with Oregon linebacker, Troy Dye, uh, because I really like, so I like, I've gotten a chance. You, you've talked to a bunch of these guys, Gabe, and, and I've gotten a chance to talk to a few of them too. And I was just super impressed by like his demeanor and he seems like such a smart guy and, uh, just looking back at his career at Oregon and how much of an impact he had and the big Rose Bowl game that he played with, like, a broken thumb and still had, like, ten tackles and two forced fumbles. Like, I think this guy has the body type to be, like, ready to play in the NFL, like, today. And that's why I, I pick him because I just think that he has the the – He's got the build. He's got the Anthony Barr build, and and I know how uh, how happy Coach Adam Zimmer is to have him a part of that linebacker crew. So I am going with Troy Die. Just wrapping up. Stay tuned to Vikings.com and all our social media channels for the latest in Vikings news heading into Verizon Vikings training camp. Uh, you'll have daily PR updates on the player designations for coronavirus, as we talked about, and there are going to be a ton of media availabilities and press conferences with all your favorite Vikings starting on Monday with newly signed head coach Mike Zimmer. Uh, A few things to check out on Vikings.com. Vikings head editor Craig Peters has a story on Peter King's predictions for the upcoming Vikings season. As we talked about, Gabe got a chance to interview Peter King, so check those both out on Vikings.com. And there are a ton of of training camp preview articles and videos heading into to, to Verizon Vikings training camp. Gabe has talked to just about everybody that you could talk to um, in his short time here with the VEN. So awesome job, Gabe. And uh, thank you again, Jay, for putting this show together. 
We are super excited as we all get ready um, for what is to be of this training camp. Uh, the real field work will proceed and begin on August 17th. So we have some time uh, before you get to see the Vikings and coaches uh, really doing those football activities. So uh, as we said, keep, keep it with Vikings.com and all of our platforms. This was episode 53 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Stay safe out there, everybody, and we will see you next week.